Well, good morning. This is James Fuller. Um, just starting a podcast today, and I am going to do a study of First and Second Samuel, First and Second Samuel in the Old Testament. And the first thing I want to do is I want to start out in reading the very beginning in First Samuel. Now, First and Second Samuel obviously it talks about the prophet Samuel. And then later on, of course, it talks about kings uh, Saul and David. But we're going to start at the beginning of Samuel, when Samuel was born. And I'm just going to read a few verses, about the first 12 or 13 verses in 1 Samuel. And we'll go forward from there. And I probably will skip some of these difficult names, just so you're aware. I'll start actually in verse 3. Now this man used to go up year by year from his city to worship and to sacrifice to the Lord of hosts at Shallow, where the two sons of Eli, Hophni and Phinehas, were priests of the Lord. On the day when Elkanah sacrificed, he would give portions to Peniah, his wife, and to all her sons and daughters. But to Hannah he gave a double portion, because he loved her, though the Lord had closed her womb. And her rival used to provoke her grievously to irritate her because the Lord had closed her womb. So it went on year year by year as often as she went up to the house of the Lord. She, she used to provoke her. Therefore Hannah wept and would not eat. And Elkanah, her husband, said to her, Hannah, why do you weep? Why do you not eat? Why is your heart sad? Am I not more to you than ten sons? After they had eaten and drunken shallow, Hannah rose, and Eli the priest was sitting on the seat beside the doorpost of the temple of the Lord. She was deeply distressed and prayed to the Lord and wept bitterly. She, and she vowed a vow and said, O Lord of hosts, if you will indeed look on the affliction of your servant and remember me and not forget your servant, But will you give to your servant a son, that I may give him to the Lord all the days of his life, and no razor shall touch his head? As she continued praying before the Lord, Eli observed her mouth. Hannah was speaking in her heart, only her lips moved, and her voice was not heard. Therefore Eli took her to be a drunken woman. A drunken woman. And Eli said to her, How long will you go on being drunk? Put your wine away from you. Now, to give you a little context, uh, I'm looking in a book, uh, and this is just an exposition of First and Second Samuel. I believe it's by Peter Lightheart. And this is what he says, and he's talking about the symbolism of Hannah being barren. He said, he says, Israel was God's bride, and so a barren woman is a symbol of fruitless Israel. And he goes on to say, Israel was barren because Israel was unfaithful, and particularly because of her leaders. Her leaders were unfaithful. Now, 1 Samuel opens in the period of the judges, a period marked by repeated apostasy. Apparently, prayer at shallow sanctuary was so rare that Eli could not recognize it when he saw it. So we're looking at a time beginning in 1st and 2nd Samuel when there is apostasy 
People had turned away from God, including the priests and the Levites. And so God now is calling his servant Samuel. But Samuel's mom is barren and she's weeping before the Lord. And Eli does not even recognize her prayer. So as we're reading through, we're going to take these in short bits. And as we're reading through First and Second Samuel, I want you to think about these things. I want you to think about what is God doing during this time. Think about the names that are used for God. Think about his attributes and what he is doing with his people. As we have just said, there's great apostasy during this time. So what does God do? He raises up for himself a prophet and a priest, a prophet and a priest, Samuel. And yet, Hannah is barren, just as Israel is barren. And God answers her prayers. We'll get to that later. He answers her prayer with the son, Samuel. So we ask ourselves today, what does this tell us? What does this teach us about God, about God's people, about prayer and crying out to God? What did Hannah do? She was barren. She was barren. I'm going to read a little bit here. We've already read it, but I'm going to read it again. After they had eaten and drunk in shallow, Hannah rose. Now Eli the priest was sitting on the, on the sea beside the doorpost of the temple of the Lord. And she was deeply distressed and prayed to the Lord and wept bitterly. And she vowed a vow and said, O Lord of hosts, if you indeed look on the affliction of your servant and remember me and not forget your servant, but will give to your servant a son that I will give him to the Lord all the days of his life and no razor shall touch his head. So as we're experiencing barrenness in our life or fruitlessness, we feel like we're not being fruitful. Things are not happening for us. What do we do? We go to the Lord. It doesn't matter if the priest or the prophet or whoever doesn't recognize what God is doing doesn't recognize our pain as we cry out to God. What did she do? What did she do? She was being taunted by her enemy and she was barren, which in that day and time, as any day, was a terrible thing. She cries out to God. Even though the priest doesn't recognize what she's doing, she cries out to God and weeps bitterly and says, God, give me a son. And if you'll give me a son, I will give him to you all the days of his life. See, this simple, heartfelt prayer, crying out to God, God answered with one of the greatest prophets in the Bible. How important is it to take all our worries, all our cares, even our barrenness and fruitlessness to God Almighty and lay it at His feet. If you're in distress, it says she was deeply distressed and prayed to the Lord and wept bitterly. If you're in distress, if there's things in your life that are not working out, if there's things not going your way and you feel a barrenness, you feel a deep distress, 
I tell you, it tells us right here in 1 Samuel what Hannah did. She prayed and she cried out to God Almighty and he answered her prayer. He answered her prayer. Even in her affliction, as she had been barren, she cried out to God and God answered her prayer. It does not matter if no one else notices when you're praying. It does not matter if other people don't recognize what God is doing. Eli had no idea. That's okay. God still acts whether we notice it or not. God still moves whether we notice it or not. But if you're in distress, as Hannah was in distress, cry out to God. We can definitely pull that principle out of these few verses. Cry out to God when you're in distress. God doesn't want you to stay in distress. God gives us victory in Christ Jesus. But he does allow us to go through difficulties. Hannah was a symbol for the nation. A nation that was barren and fruitless. But God had it under control because he was about to send forth his prophet to the nation. So let me ask you today, what are you going through today? Are you in distress today? Are you struggling today? Let me tell you, God has the answer. Cry out to God today, for he is waiting for you to spend some time with him. Spend time in his word. We've just looked at a few verses in 1 Samuel, and look at how powerful they are and can speak to our life. Whatever struggle you're going to, take it to God in prayer. Cry out to God, for he is waiting to answer every prayer that you have. He knows your distress. He knows your struggle. He knows what you're going through, and he has deep compassion for his people. So I tell you today, God is waiting. He is ready to move. He is ready to act. Cry out to God in prayer. He is there for you in every single moment. This is 1 Samuel, the first chapter, just about the first 12 or 13 verses. I encourage you to continue reading 1 Samuel. Look at the principles that we can pull out and how it can be applied to our life. You don't have to go through life struggling. God is there. Ask Him for help. He is always there. Look at the principles of 1 Samuel and we'll continue to read a few verses at a time and talk about how we can apply these to our lives. The Word of God is powerful, but it's not just there to read. It's there for us to apply it to our everyday living. Lord Jesus, I thank you for this day. Let us apply these principles to our lives today and let us cry out to you in our distress if you have clearly spoken to us in your word today. I pray you would bless this day and you would move greatly in our lives today, Jesus Christ, and guide and direct us on our path that we may serve you in all things and remember All we have to do is cry out 
by the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, and you are there waiting for us. I encourage you today, pray to God, spend time in his word, pull out those principles and apply them to your life. It'll make a world of difference in how you live. I pray you're blessed and God richly blesses you today. And I pray that you, in your distress, remember Hannah and cry out to God. May you be blessed in the name of Jesus Christ. Have a great day. Bye-bye.